Hello and welcome to the Magic Ball from Burkham podcast. I am your host, Sam. I am known as at official Sam on Twitter. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, as well as Podomatic. And welcome to episode 11. And today we, we, we will be doing a review of the West Ham game with the one and only Chris Davison. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? Yeah, hi, Sam. I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, hope you're keeping safe and well in these extraordinary times. I am I am doing very well, and I uh, hope you are doing well too, Chris. So, Chris, going straight into it, what do you think of the uh, West Ham game yesterday, our 3-3 draw against West Ham, where we had to come back from three goals down? Well, it was a, a crazy 90 minutes, wasn't it? Um, you know, I, I was very close. Um especially uh, when we went 3-0 down to, to turn the TV off, to be honest, Sam. Um, it was painful, especially that, that first um, sort of half an hour or so, probably the, uh, the worst half an hour I've witnessed um, since Mikel took uh, charge. Um, no urgency whatsoever, no quality, um, maybe bar one or two players. Um, no one seemed up for it. And um, it, was, it was an unacceptable sort of first half, really. Um, but fair play to the players. They came out all guns blazing second half and, and really turned things around. And one of the players who was um, mainly behind the comeback was Martin Odegaard, who I thought was absolutely fantastic. And credit to Callum Chambers as well, who I thought was um, was very solid. So um, you know, I, you know, a win is obviously always ideal. We always want those three points, but um, a draw is better than a loss. Um, and considering the way that yesterday's game went, um, you know, happy we got the point in the end. Fantastic, fantastic. And as you know, um, in the Europa League, we've drawn Slavia Prague. Um, again, it's going to be a tough tie. Do you think we can get past them? I mean, we've, I believe now we've got an international break, but after that, I think we'll, we'll be playing them. Do you think we can uh, get past Slavia Prague over two legs? Yeah, I think we're strong enough, Sam. Um, you know, at, at this stage in any competition, um, you know, you're going to be going up against uh, some very strong opponents. Um, but I think we've got the stronger squad. I think we've got enough quality um, to, to get past them. Um, you know, and I, I'm hoping that the, the boys will be fired up, especially after, you know, what, uh, you know, reportedly happened in the Rangers Slavia Prague game with, with um, uh, some racism. Um, being involved in that towards an actual, you know, a former Arsenal Academy player. So, you know, hopefully that will fire the boys up even more. Um, and, uh, you know, we can get the job done, get our own revenge on them. And, uh, you know, to be honest, Sam, I think uh, we all know it now, don't we, that the Europa League is our, our best chance this season in order to, to get Champions League football back at the Emirates. So we've got to take it very, very seriously. We've got to be up for it. We've got to be much better than uh what we were like uh, in yesterday's game against West Ham um and yeah fingers crossed we can we can go all the way uh Chris so if we do make it to the final say for example we get past every other club and we go into that Europa League final with Manchester United and Manchester will Manchester United make it through because they look like they're going to do it anyway do you think we can beat Manchester United in in a in a one off uh, Europa League final because We'll be honest here. When it comes to Arsenal facing a fellow Premier League side in Europe, we haven't done good at all. Every time we've played a Premier League side in Europe, our best results were always draws. Chelsea won one 2004, lost two on that Highbury. 
2008, Liverpool 1-1 at the Emirates, 4-2 at Anfield. Man United 2009, 1-0 at Old Trafford, lost 3-1, lost at the Emirates. Chelsea and Baku, 4-1. Do you think that this time it might be a different story? I certainly hope so. Um, You know, the way I look at it is if we do go all the way to the final and Man United awaits us, then, you know, if we can beat them in the Premier League, then we can beat them in the Europa League. Um, Manchester United have been one of those teams, haven't they, this season where they'll um, be superb one weekend and then the next they'll they'll uh, um, be quite bang average, to be honest. Um, we saw Leicester knock them out of the FA Cup yesterday as well. Um, so, uh, no matter who we get now in the Europa League, and obviously if we, we do continue to progress, um, like I said uh, a moment ago, it's going to be very tough. Um, all teams left in the competition um, are, are very strong. They've all had to do very, very well to get to, to this stage as it is as well. So um, whoever we get, um, and whatever stage is at, Sam, it's going to be very difficult. And, you know, that's why I said we've got to take this competition very seriously. We've got to be up for 110%. Um, and uh, based on some of the recent performances, um, i.e. Olympiacos, the, the second leg at the Emirates the other, the other day, um, and especially from, from yesterday's game against West Ham, we've got to improve massively because we can't go into these games now in the Europa League, um, you know, uh, gifting opponents opportunities like we have been recently and, and not, being, not being totally on it. We've got to start fast. We've got to play um, some really attractive, some high-quality football got to be much more solid defensively as well and um, by doing all those things um, you know hopefully we'll start to pick up some more positive results and start games better as well and not only start games better but keep up that quality throughout the whole 90 minutes because we've seen far too often in recent times at Arsenal take the foot off the gas and you know that's a that's an absolute treat for the opponents so We've got to be on it. We've got to keep solid. We've got to to learn on the, the, the mistakes made in previous weeks. And hopefully, if we can do that, we can go all the way and finish this season very strongly. Fantastic, fantastic. And obviously, our next game after the international break is Liverpool at home. And that's going to yeah. be a tough one to go into. Do you think that if we do beat Liverpool at the Emirates, is that a huge statement that we've made that we can possibly win the Europa League as well as do well, uh, as maybe finish as high as we possibly can, which is probably now going to be six? Well, I, I think we can certainly take some uh, some big positives if we were to obviously um, get the win over Liverpool after the international break, even though they haven't had um, the best season by their standards, uh, a long way from it. Um yeah, they're still a very strong side and um, still up against a very good manager in Jurgen Klopp. And I think um, uh, a win against them would do us the world of good. It would give us a lot of confidence. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's worth noting, isn't it, that you know Arteta and Arsenal have done quite well against the top six sides. Um, and uh, we've picked up some good results uh, this season against the, the, the bigger teams. So, you know, I was typing up an article earlier and I, I noticed that our next uh, game after the international break is against Liverpool and I was thinking to myself we can definitely definitely uh, get the win against them um, put our strong lineup. Um, you know especially if we were to play some of the football we have done 
um, especially against Tottenham last week, if we're ruthless, if we're we're on it right from the start and, um, yeah, put the pressure on their defence, which has obviously been very weak this season, very leaky, then uh, I've got full confidence that we can uh, get a win against them. And that would be obviously some way to to kick back off the uh, the Premier League after the international break. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, yeah, you know, without a doubt, it's going to be Liverpool will be a tough game, but at the same time, we've got to take it by the scruff of our necks. And again, you know, after that, we have the Europa League against Slavia Prague coming up. So then after that, it's going to be a massive statement of intent. It will build a lot of confidence because we need to, obviously, like you've said now, our season now rests on winning the Europa League. We've got no other choice now but to win it in order to be in the Champions League for the season to be saved in any sense, in a, any um, aspects. And one thing I wanted to ask you as well, Chris, in Mikel Arteta's uh, post-match conference, he was said he wasn't happy with the performance. And some fans were from 3-0 down, were when we went to 3-3, a lot of fans were, were, celebrate, were celebrating as if, you know, we did win the game, but it was a draw, but I'm glad we didn't lose. But what are your thoughts on Mikel Arteta mentioning that it's not good enough? Do you believe that with him saying that, that he has an idea on what where he wants to kind of take the club and what he wants to, how he wants the players to play? Yeah, I do, absolutely. And um, I believe it's not the first time Arteta has come out after a, great, a game and, and said um, that or something similar. So, you know, um, I'm glad he's coming out and being honest. Um, he would have said exactly the same to, to the players in the dressing room as well. Um, I'm sure they know that yesterday and previous games beforehand, um, there's been points in that where we've been nowhere near good enough, um, nowhere near the standards required. Um, and, uh, you know, just looking at the work that Arteta has done so far and, and hearing what he's had to say um, publicly ever since he took over as Arsenal uh, manager, you get a very clear sense of where he wants to take this club. You get a very clear sense of the expectations um, and what he wants from uh, his staff, his players, everyone at the football club. Um, you know, I'm sure you remember that interview he done when uh, he joined, you know, the non-negotiables and uh, et cetera. And everyone was excited by that because they were like, finally, someone who's going to come in, really stamp their foot uh, down and, you know, be strict, be ruthless. And um, that's one of the things I like about Arteta. He's passionate about this football club. He has a clear idea of where he wants to take it. Um, I think he has a clear idea of what has been going wrong in the past as well. And he's, he's now trying to fix all of those things. Um, and yeah, I like the ruthless strictness approach that he's brought um, and put on the players as well. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I've got, you know, I'm sure, well, I, I know for a fact that there's a few Arsenal uh, fans out there that have their doubts about Mikel, and I appreciate that. Um, you know, we're, we're not where we want to be right now, especially in the, the Premier League um, and, and in that table. But for me, we're seeing progress, slowly but surely, and that is all part of the process. And I know people sort of get sick and tired of hearing about this process and, you know, what it's meant to be. But if you haven't seen some sort of progress in the last few months, then uh, I don't know where you've been. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. You know, I've got full faith in Mikel. It's going to take time. Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, but we're getting there slowly but surely. And hopefully 
um, we can build this squad, this football club, even stronger come the summer. Fantastic. So now we move on to the last section of this show, last section of this podcast, which is questions that we've received on Twitter, like we tweeted out earlier. And we're just going to look, go through some of the go through uh, a few of the questions. Uh, first one came from at um, what do you think about Aubameyang's future at Arsenal? Um, I don't think too much of Aubameyang's future at Arsenal, to be honest with you. I don't think anything's changed ever since he signed the contract. I think he's fully committed to the Arsenal Football Club. Um, I still think he's a quality player. Um, admittedly, he probably hasn't been near the stand as we all um think he can reach um i'm sure he knows that himself hasn't scored as many goals as he usually does um his overall performances have been um a bit average as well at times um a lot of people uh, again um, not thinking of him too much yesterday um but at the same time uh, there's quite a few players not just a bamiang that obviously haven't lived up to the to their expectations and hopes this season it's been a very funny season um but uh we all know what he's capable of uh, i think 99 of the fan base were um screaming for him to to sign that contract um and he finally did that um, and just because um he's had a few bad games this season all of a sudden people start having meltdowns and think he should be sold in the summer etc and i just think that's going a bit slightly over the top um he's a he's a he's a great player a lethal striker um lots of uh, things going on with him this season, including some per- personal family reasons, which is obviously never easy for anyone. Um, so I just think we give him the benefit of the doubt and hopefully he can uh, get up and running again soon and, and start banging in the goals that we all know he can do. Fantastic. Uh, next question comes from at um, underscore Daniel Barrett underscore. Uh, what do you think has gone wrong this season and what do we have to do to be further up the league next season? Well, I mean, as I mentioned a moment ago, um, it's been a very weird season, hasn't it? A lot of teams sort of um, uh, not finding form and struggling. Um, some prize and results in there as well. Um, but with Arsenal, I still think it's very much um, all to do with the process, which I just mentioned. You know, we're now seeing improvements. Um, like I said, slowly but surely, we are seeing them. And uh, there's bits and bobs starting to click and connect now for Mikel Arteta and his side. But we're, we're we're still in the early stages, and we're gonna we're gonna um, see bumps along the way. We're gonna come across obstacles, which we have done this season. But some of the business that's been done, bringing in the likes of Gabriel, um, Partey, Odegaard on loan, which you know, fingers crossed, we can make a permanent in the in the summer. Um, getting Saka down to new contracts as well as Martinelli. Um, you know, the base of the squad is pretty much there now. We just need to make a few more tweaks, I believe, and we'll be a much stronger outfit in the coming seasons. And like I said, Arteta knows what he wants. He he knows um, what he has to do um, and what everyone associated with the club has to do in order to get where we want to be. Um, so, you know, it, it has been a disappointing season. Um, and I'm sure a lot of Arsenal fans, myself included, can't wait to see the back of it. But um, uh, it's just part of the process um, and I'm confident that we'll get there in the end. Yeah. Uh, we only got three more questions, just to let you know. Uh, one of them is from Imbotti98. Do you think Xhaka is a good enough partner for Partey? If not, then who would you like to say? Um, 
granite uh you know where do you start with granite he's one of those players again that um uh, one week can can put in a fantastic shift a fantastic performance be one of the best players on the pitch one of the most important individuals um for us as well but again inconsistency plays its part with me for me uh, with Xhaka he can obviously sometimes lose his head um uh, not have a good game um and we we see that far too often I, I think he's a very important player as I just mentioned I think you know he, he deserves a uh, a place in this squad um however you know I'd like to see um you know someone else come in um maybe as a in a rotational role um with with Xhaka in the summer I mean obviously Basum has been mentioned and we're, we're meant to be looking at a few other central midfielders um, it's a position we need depth in as well. So um, I think Jack is a good enough part of the party um, to answer that question. I just think we could do with someone else who um, is maybe better suited, possibly, uh, in, in the summer. Fantastic. Uh, another que- question uh, from at Kronke R. Would you rather sign Bissouma or Sander Berge? Um, from what I've seen, I must admit, I haven't watched too much of Sheffield United this season. Um, but when I, I've seen, seen Bright, Brighton play, Basum has always been the one that stands out for me. Um, very Same strong here. on the ball, um, very solid player, yeah. um, good passer, um, good tackler, um, great work rate as well, uh, work rate as well. Sorry, gets himself all about on, on the pitch. Um, and yeah, I just think. In terms of the style of play, and I, I can just vision Partey and Basum in midfield, you know, two powerhouses who work their socks off um, box to box. Um, yeah, I can I can see that working really, really well. Um, so I, I don't get me wrong. I think Bird, Berger or Burge, however you pronounce his name, um, <laughs> is a, a very solid player. Yeah, um, is a very solid player as well. Um, uh but obviously he struggled this season just as, you know, the whole Sheffield United squad have. So he's certainly one to keep an eye on. Um, I think whoever ends up getting him, if he was to leave in the summer, will be getting a very solid player and he'll flourish even more in a stronger team. Um, but just based off what I've seen um, in terms of style of play, etc., I'd, I'd go for Basuma. Fantastic. Um, question from that Moroccan flash. Is Odson Edwards still on the cards for Arsenal or have we lost out to, to Leicester? Well, I've seen his name mentioned a few times. Um, undoubtedly a very um, talented striker. I actually watched a little bit of him um, in uh, the Celtic Rangers game yesterday. He looked very sharp, got an assist. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Brendan Rodgers is looking at him, obviously having previously worked with him when he was at Le- uh, Celtic, sorry. So that would make sense. Um but, you know, again, it would depend on our movements, on our outgoings, if you like, in the summer, you know, whether Lacazette is going to stay or leave. It would depend a lot on that if we were to get another striker in. I can't see us getting another striker in if Aubameyang and Lacazette stay. Um, looks as if we're looking to use Martinelli in more of a central role as well. So, um, again, you know, one to keep an eye on maybe, um, but there's nothing concrete at the moment. Fantastic. This is the last question before we round this round it off. Um, from AFC Ad X, 
Um, do you see a future for Nelson Willock, Enketia, and Ainsley Maitland-Niles at Arsenal? It's a good question, a difficult one as well. I mean, obviously, it depends again on the space available come the summer within the squad, um, and uh, also how you know um, how Maitland-Niles, uh, Willock do um, out on loan as well. Uh, Willock's looked a little bit strong um, for, for Newcastle at times, putting some uh, some decent performances. Maitland Nars, I was always questioning that that decision um, to go to West Brom um, because I just don't really see how he can progress in a in such a, a struggling side um, who are destined to get relegated this season. Um, you know, again. Uh, I think he's a solid player. Um, I think he's a very talented one. Um, but like I say, it, it just depends on on the, the the space we have in the squad next season because I can't, if I'm being honest, the names you just mentioned, I can't see them playing ahead of anyone um, in the, the typical Arsenal start at 11. Um, you know, maybe if uh, Sabayos goes back to Madrid next summer, um, next season sorry and he doesn't he doesn't make a permanent move to north london then obviously maybe that opens the door up for for someone like willock or for someone like maitland niles who obviously prefers to play in central midfield with with Nketiah, it's a difficult one i, I still um think it's going to be very hard for him to get much game time especially with abamyang lacazette here and as i said a, a few moments ago martinelli potentially working on becoming more of a a centre-forward, a striker. Um, and we're stacked on the wing positions at the moment as well. Um, Smith-Rowe's been playing there. Odegaard has the capability of playing there. Got Pepe, Willian, Saka. Um, and again, you know, there's a reason why Reese nelson has been playing with the under-23s. Um, and that's just simply because there's just no room for him at the moment. Um, so if they have futures at Arsenal, you know, that's up to them. You know, that they've got to prove a point to the manager, to the staff. They've got to prove that they deserve a place in this Arsenal team. Um, but I, I think it's going to be very difficult for them, to say the least. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, without, without a doubt, I just want to say to you, Chris, thank you for coming on. Um, that was it. That is episode 11. Don't know the magic ball from Berkham podcast. Make sure you guys like, subscribe and comment. Make sure to follow Chris Davison on Twitter. I'll put his handle in the, in the description. Uh, Chris, thank you for coming on. I understand you, you are a very busy person. Thank you for taking out the time you have for, for me for the, for the podcast today. Thank you so much. No worries, Sam. Thanks for having me on, mate. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Uh, that was everybody. Take care of yourselves and goodbye.